Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. I'd like to welcome our first A-team guest, Bongane Kangile, who is uh, the, uh, an attorney and also director at Bongane Kangile Attorneys. Bongane, thank you very much for joining us once again. Hi, it's Patricia. It's a pleasure again. So, good evening to you listeners. Good evening. Uh, so last week, Monday, uh, you were telling us uh, that you were going to go into a very interesting uh, court ruling the following day, which was the Tuesday, around uh, the infamous drug in Vermicitin. And uh, it seems the case came out of four the use. Could you tell us which side of the coin you were on uh, when uh, this was being deliberated in the court? Yes. Um, so there were about four applications um, which were then consolidated before Judge Mavuse at the Pretoria High Court on Tuesday. Um, there was the Dr. Kofia matter, uh, a practicing uh, a medical practitioner who wanted to, to agitate for the use of azamectin. There was um, the Solidarity, that is well-known, matter. There's the SOS, Humanitarian Foundation matter. Then there's the fourth matter, which I was part of, and that is the ACDP, which launched an application together with um, Doctors for Life, a non-profit organization. So I was part of the ACDP, and, and, and we actually have the ACDP, activating for the use of, um, well, we, we call him for the use of ivermectin as an effective and efficient drug to treat COVID-19. Now, with regards to, we know that the court has ruled for the use of uh, of the drug, but the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority, SEPRA, right, had said yeah. that uh, invoxamectin was not um, indicated or approved for use in humans, uh, but it also continued to say that there was no confirmatory data that this drug um, could be able to manage COVID-19. So how did we end up getting the ruling for this particular drug? Well, SAPRA has been very adamant from December, even up to the 6th of Jan this year, that they don't approve the use of ivermectin for those reasons. And and, and to say it hasn't been authorized for human treatment is a, is a misnomer. And actually, historically, ivermectin has been recognized as a medicine act in South Africa for human use. So, so we found that very hypocritical to say, look, we're not going to allow this. That's why, you know, when people come up with conspiracy theories as to what really is the agenda when it comes to intervention, medical intervention on on treatment, because we have a drug that's that recognized the world over, that other countries are uh, are coming out and saying it's quite effective. So so we know their stance. But when now they launched on the on the twenty first of January, they issued publication to say, Look, we will welcome application in terms of section twenty one Medical practitioners can apply on a case-by-case. We'll decide, we'll have a discretion whether to allow that or not through the so-called Compassionate Access Program. We saw it as, as, as a bit cynical because that to me felt like at my time, felt like that's a, a fate complete because we know as a matter of principle, you don't approve the use of of section of, of, of azamectin. So they wrote to us, uh, the lawyers for SAPA wrote to, to my firm then to say, look, uh, we, we've considered to to roll out as a medicine on albeit on a compassionate access program. So then your application is academic, and 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 we actually differed with that. We persisted with application in court, which led to what we'd like to call as a victory, at least 
for round one because this matter hasn't been finalized yet. Hmm. A-team, as we're talking about uh, the drug that a lot of people are saying could help manage uh, COVID-19. Um, and uh, we're talking to Bongani, um, who's an attorney, and he was part of uh, the ACDP team that was uh, for the use of ivermectin in court last week, Tuesday. Please do interact with us, ask your questions, or even tell us if you have utilized this drug. I think this would be very interesting if your doctor or pharmacist has uh, issued you with a script for this drug and you've seen the results. The number to dial is 011 2006 or WhatsApp 0614104107. So, Bongane, we, we had a discussion with uh, one of the professors in the veterinary uh, sections in uh, yes. one of the universities in the country, and uh, he was telling us that ivermectin has been used for humans, like you have rightfully said, but yes. th- there's been no real uh, proof that it could aid when it comes to COVID-19. However, it has been used in humans for parasitical um, purposes. So if there's a parasite in a human being, then it gets used and that person um, is rid of that particular parasite. So would this be one of the things that um, will be used um, to 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 advocate more for for this particular drug in the absence of evidence that it can actually uh, cure or put to to bed uh, COVID nineteen. Well, that's 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 part of the reason why we went to court. We wanted to dispel that misnomer, that notion that has been used for clinical trial. In fact, we 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 uh, were allowed by the court to file last Friday our supplementary affidavit. And there, and also in the Dr. Kofia matter, you, we, we, we've put sufficient evidence to show that there's been clinical trials on the drug, but there just isn't political will to use the drug. So one needs to make a distinction between clinical trials and, and therapeutic trials. So there's plenty of evidence on the clinical trial. Then add the issue of uh, the vaccine uh, after the next year that, that, was, that was rolled out. There has never been any clinical trial in the Republic. The question is, why, why roll that out as an experimental drug um, here in a vaccine, as an intervention here in the country, when you don't allow for other medical interventions, such as uh, azamectin? Why don't you use the same standard? What makes this vaccine exceptional? So, so there has been plenty of evidence, and we've attached a lot of confirmatory affidavits and supporting affidavits from medical practitioners as well as uh, studies the world over scientists showing the clinical trial it's been very very effective mm. let me go to anonymous on the lines uh, anonymous in durban how are you doing very well thank you my darling and how are you doing good hope thank you had you. a fabulous weekend did did indeed okay um i just want to say uh, you know I, after hearing about the steel drugs and everything else of ivermectin i don't want to take it i will just stay as i am right now using my mask and whatever it need be but i will wait for the johnson and johnson drug because i know johnson and johnson drug is uh, they make good products and they've been making products for many many years and i'll wait for johnson and johnson product and uh, i will not take Ivan, ivermectin because I don't know, they say it's stale, it's not working, it's clinically tested, they say it's tested, and it can give you, uh, it can work, it cannot work for certain people, and a whole lot of history now that I'm listening, so I changed my mind about ivermectin. And uh, 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 that's all I have to say, you know, and besides that, Patricia, the Guptas are our enemies, right? 
they stole a lot from us and took to in, uh, India. And now we are dealing with our enemies. We, that's why they give me a sale, because they know South Africa will buy anything. Sale, drugs, they'll buy anything, because why they will sell anything to us. You know, the last time they had a cream came from China, it had a problem with that cream. They had a cream came from Pakistan, there was a problem with that cream uh, when it was tested in South Africa. Right, but the cream that they had had a difference that was, was uh, um, affecting the people's skins, right? That shelly cream. So I'm really not interested in foreign products. Well, um, Anonymous, so just to, to set the record straight, I think you're referring to uh, the vaccine. Um, yes. And right now, the ivermectin is not the vaccine. It is a particular medication that has been used for a long time in cows. Yes. And now they are saying it can be used in humans. It's not the batch that came in uh, last week from India. Um, it's always been here. Vets have been using it for a long time. But uh, I hear you. And yeah, thank you for letting us know how you feel. Thank you, Anonymous. Bongani, let's, let's go back to, to something here. It yeah. seems that uh, the Pharmaceutical Society of South Africa, PSSA, um, believes that this particular court ruling was swayed heavily for the use of ivermectin uh, due to the fact that there was a huge social media hoo-ha around it and social media was advocating for it. Does social media play any role when it comes to the judge um, making a decision on anything? Um, let, let me just clarify this, and it's a very important question that you ask. We arrived at this decision by way of a draft consent order, which was then made an order of court, meaning that SAPA itself would have made some concessions on the usage of ivermectin. They're not compelled by the court or by the court to do so, um, in our application at least, which, which was framed along the lines of, of Dr. Kutia. Now, when you look at, so, so it would be disingenuous to say, look, we were, our hands were forced here to, to actually uh, comply with this order. It was consented. And there was something else, very senior counsel involved in the matter. Now, then you, your question is very important from a jurisprudential point of view around public opinion. What role does public opinion play uh, in, 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 in actually influencing judgment? Now, there are two sets of judges. You, you have a judge that will say, like, for instance, you're retired from a, a deputy chief justice, most of will say, I don't read anything on the media because I want to, to be tone deaf and just look at the law and apply myself without being influenced. Then we have majority judges, and I think that's an exceptional perspective. Then you have majority judges who say, well, I want to know what, what the public thinks of this. And, and so judges would read, some judges would read newspapers, they'll read and follow the discourse, to find out where the public opinion is. And public opinion is one of checks and balances as well, because with, the law should talk about and reflect the mores of the society. The mores of the society is, is actually expressed through public opinion, whether it's social network or, or, or whether it's, it's any other media that, that would display and, and, and show what society thinks. So, so that may have a role but I don't think entirely here that it was the pressure. This was a concession by SAPRA um, because whether SAPRA buckled under the pressure of society, um, that, that's for them to answer. But clearly the facts, as I, as I know it, show, clinical studies show that this is, this is effective. And other students, sort of jurisdictions elsewhere show that this is, this is really 
you know, effective. Let me go to an ATMO, send us a voice note. Uh, remember, if you'd like your voice note to be heard, uh, send it to 0614-104-107. Hey, Patricia. I'm kind of confused now because I'm staying in Pulukwane. When I go home, I buy all the medicines for the cows. I used to buy avomexin when I'm going home for the cows because my father sells the cows. Now, the very same medicine that I normally buy, I'll have to use it in me. Yo, hi. <laughs> listen, listen. I think medicine is uh, developing at such a rate that we are soon going to realize that Simonia, we are one, us and the animals. But Wangani, can you hear the confusion in, in us, especially people who have uh, dealt with animals, you know? Um, yeah. There you hear the ATM say she's confused. She usually buys ivermectin for her, her dad's cows and she takes it home and now she's she's going to have to use it. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, there should be some regulations around it because she obviously buys it from an ordinary vet. But how does she know how to use it herself? I know you know doctor, but I'm sure these are the things that were spoken about. Yes, I, I think first and foremost, we, we, we must uh, caution that this has to be prescribed by a medical practitioner. So it's not all systems go uh, for people to hold it. And, and if you're going to be in possession of it, uh, especially before the court order, it was really a criminal offense without a prescription. So, so one needs to take um, really counsel and guidance from medical practitioners. You can't just buy and say you are using it yourself. Uh, although we, we say it's effective, we would want a blanket roll up, you know, but um, under the current uh, dispensation, one needs to get it prescribed by a medical doctor. Now, now you make a very valid point in answering um, anonymous on the voice note that actually you know science evolves with time and all these things are experimental this is a novel um, coronavirus we haven't seen it before now you have again a variant that is said to have been discovered in South Africa suddenly this that was said to be um, an intervention is no longer effective because the variant has now multiplied itself and become this new animal again so, so it's an area where really science develops. One cannot say there's an orthodox way of treating any illnesses. If something unconventional comes, there'll definitely be unconventional ways. And that's what that's the nature of science. I'm no scientist, I'm a lawyer. But logically, one can accept that if, if, if there are new diseases, there must be unconventional and orthodox ways to deal with such. I'm remembering a time where uh, I would hear people saying they want their hair to grow so they are drinking Bob Martins. I don't know whether their hair grew or not or they started barking like they're a dog, Bob. But whatever the case is, I mean, <laughs> we've heard of such. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, people, people will come up with all sorts of things. But, but I, think, I think the lesson that must be learned, um, trying not to go off topic, you know, is that we shouldn't be alarmist, number one, and understand the panic. And two, we, there, there is various voice notes over WhatsApp and, 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 and information that goes out there. That's not clinical. That's not factual. There's a lot of fake media out there, and one needs to take everything with caution. 
you know, and not just jump at anything that people are saying or prescribing. Find out who, who is this coming from. You know, this is a medical practitioner. Where is this coming from before you get yourself in trouble? Like the issue of the vaccine, you know, one just can't take it. There also needs to be consultations whether is it good for me and my body. It may be effective for somebody else, but for me, would it work? Mm. Now, you mentioned that uh, this particular uh, court proceeding is, is probably far from over. What what else is in store? Well, we filed um, our, our answer, our supplementary, um, by last Friday. Then, then SAPRA will have to file their answering affidavit trying to rebut the clinical evidence that we've attached into the application by the 12th of February. We then, as the ACDP and Justice for Life, have to file our reply to David by the 19th of February. Then we have to approach the judge president to re-enroll the matter and, and set it down. And, and this will bring finality. This is similar. We, we, we're no stranger to such, um, such litigation in this country because we've had a prison before. For instance, if you look at the TAC matter, constitutional matter that went uh, before the constitutional court, on, on the usage of nevarapine uh, to prevent mother-to-child HIV transmission. You know, that, was, that, that application hung on Section 27-1A, which, which says everyone has a right to access to health care. It's the similar approach of the ACDB here, where we're calling on the court to say everyone has a right to, to, to access to health care and, and remove all the barriers. If this is effective, if this is um, efficient, then let's roll it out. So, so that's going to play itself when the court finally sets this matter down. I think it's far from over, but for now, we'll take it as a victory that it is. Let me go to Maureen. Uh, good evening, Maureen. Atim, how are you doing? Hi, fine, and you? Excellent, thank you. Good. Um, just on the subject of ivermectin, um, myself and my whole family have been taking it regularly according to the correct dosage. It tastes very pleasant. It's had totally no side effects on us whatsoever. We could buy it from our local veterinary um, supplier, so there was no doctor's prescription necessary. And um, a dear friend of ours who who had the virus was very bad. We actually thought he... We we didn't think he'd make the night. Hmm. He... um, he was a doctor friend of ours, a dear friend of ours, and um, gave us advice and told him to take the normal dose that you would take um, and only take three days apart or once a month or two weeks apart. He said he must take one every day. Well, this man, the very next day, had a total turnaround from this disease, a total turnaround from death's door to telling us, listen, I can um, I can feel the improvement. I'm getting better. Wow, Maureen, thank you very much. So for, if I yeah. get the virus, mm-hmm. uh, the virus is far more dangerous than ivermectin. Tell me something, Maureen. You say you and your family take it often. What's the reason that yes, you take well, it? You know, you we it's like half a teaspoon. Well, you take it according to your weight. There is a prescribed amount that you take. I think it's one cc for every 50 kilograms. 
and it's not unpleasant to taste. You take your first dose and three days later a second dose. You mustn't have any alcohol for 12 hours before or after. And uh, then once, if you, if you, if you are like me, but elderly, then you would have it um, two weeks later and then once a month. If you get the virus, you would have the same dosage, which is like half a teaspoonful every day while you have the virus. Thank you very much, Maureen, uh, for telling us your testimony. It's it's been wonderful. It saved Mm. our friend's life. Well, it it saved your friend's life, and you can attest to the fact that you've been taking it, and you sound healthy. So thank you very much, Maureen. Um, Good night, Maureen. (laughs) Bongane, you've heard Maureen. She's been taking it, uh, her and her family. But her friend as well, who was uh, COVID-19 positive, um, saw tremendous results from taking it. So clearly this is something you can take to the courts in your next hearing. I can tell you this, Patricia. I I don't know Maureen from above, so nor have I paid her to make this call. (laughs) It's just, it it vindicates (laughs) the ACDP stance on this and and the popular view on ivermectin. I, I personally don't have a testimony like Maureen, but I'm just a lawyer who's convicted at the usage of this thing. And so and, and so more and more people are coming out who, who actually have used it to say it's quite effective, even in our own country, such as Maureen. You know what, uh, Bongane, thank you very much for shedding light and uh, more strength to development when it comes to pharmaceuticals and the medical profession uh, around COVID-19 because we need to find solutions one way or the other. Indeed. Thank you so much for having me. Godspeed. Excellent. The time now is uh, 34 minutes after 10.